and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got an episode for you guys today. We have gone through running backs. We have gone through wide receivers. And right now, on this episode today, we are going through the tightest ends. The tightest tight ends. The tightest of all tweetest the tight ends in fantasy football this year. Top 10 tight ends in today's episode. I'm hyped for it. Wes, how you doing? I'm doing good. This is a... Uh... This is going to be quite an interesting episode because you and I have a pretty good idea who number one is going to be, but this will be fun trying to help the trollers yeah. figure out who the heck are the other nine tight ends we should care yeah. about. But I'm if you, I'm doing yeah, great. If you don't have a top five pick. Who should you take at tight end? You know that's what that's what today's <laughs> exactly. episode's all about. How are you, Noah? How's everything? I'm good, man. I'm excited for the episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk about some maybe some people that people are thinking about or talking about as far as the tight end list goes. I got a couple players, a little, maybe a deep cut or two to talk about. I'm having a great time. It's, uh, it's not been as hot in the desert. So we're, uh, we're hanging in there. We're almost out of still golfing almost out of the bad times. I I am, uh, I, I'm on a little bit of a break because I got a new tattoo. So I've been taking a little break from being out of the, it's, uh, you got it here, guys. Anatomy. Can you see it? It's right there. It's there on it my is. arm. It's a uh, it's a reference to a song by the 1975, who is my favorite band of all time. So it's excited to get that. That's I'm having great. a great time, man. I am excited. We have a great show for you guys. As we mentioned, top ten tight ends. Let us know in the comments below which tight ends you're going to be targeting. Leave a comment right now. Pause it. All right, now you're back. There we go. Good job. We're excited to read all that. They Missed all look you. really good down there. Missed you guys. Leave a like and subscribe and uh, ring that bell. And, uh, you know, we love you guys. We're, we're excited to read everything about you guys. We love you guys a lot. We actually, we got a DM on Instagram from one of our listeners this week, Marco, who, uh, who shared a post from ESPN citing Eric Carabell's Do Not Draft list. About why you shouldn't be drafting Mike Evans. It was posted uh, this, this this past couple days. Marco's DM was a uh, started out hot with a, a yawn emoji, and said, "Old news on not drafting Mike Evans." Thanks to you guys, guys. We talked about this on episode forty nine, but uh, most recently on episode forty nine, and we might have even talked about it a little earlier than that. Three three weeks ago, guys. Three weeks ago on episode 49, 12 training camp battles you need to know about. We were, guys, we're three weeks ahead of ESPN here. Three weeks ahead of ESPN. Hit that subscribe button. Do it. Follow. Follow the social media accounts. We are on the ball here, guys. And uh, listen, we love hearing about all the information and uh, how it's helping you, you know, uh, kind of navigate your drafts, stuff like that. Be sure to DM us if there's anything that you're seeing out there that's definitely helping you guys. Leave us the comments, write reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you guys want. We love seeing it. We love hearing what's working for you guys. And speaking of the trollers, buckle in. Because we are starting a trollers league this year in fantasy football. That's right. We want to play fantasy with you guys. We're starting out this year. No buy-in, so no no financial no financial commitment here. We're just doing some PPR redraft. 
If you want to join, head on over to our Instagram, our social media, comment, message us, let us know because it's filling up fast. You're going to want to make sure you get in there. If you want to take down a couple of fantasy analysts, I was going to call us experts, but I'm, yeah. you know what? Let's do it. Some fantasy we're experts. experts here. Why more than troll We're fantasy. absolutely experts. So let us know if you're interested in joining. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Let us know. We'll get that league set up for you. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time with it. Before we get into the news, though, we wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor. This show is sponsored by FQ Media Group. FQ is a media production company specializing in podcast production that empowers others to share their voice with their audience. For more information, check out fqmediagroup.com. And now, without further ado, Wes, let's jump into a little bit of news because it's not as much as last week, but we got a little bit of news to talk about. Not nearly as much, but still some interesting things going on. So there's the final, 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 final result for the Alvin Kamara fight on the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. He is going to be suspended three games. Right now, that means that Jamal Williams will be the starter in that time. However, on Monday, yesterday, Kareem Hunt actually visited the Saints. So if he does actually sign, this could honestly turn into a three running back committee we don't know, but right now, Kamara's out for the first three games of the season. Speaking of uh, running backs and interesting situations, so the Colts decided to go ahead and sign Kenyon Drake, who we assume is going to be the RB1 should Jonathan Taylor decide to hold out or if they do decide to trade him away. Deion Jackson, again, another name you should keep in mind. He's continuing to see a lot of first teams reps, but right now, Kenyon Drake is a, is a I almost... I almost said Baltimore Colt. I don't know how old I think I am. Yes, it's but the I was, 40s. I was thinking Baltimore Ravens, former running back, and then I accidentally said a real football team. Okay, <laughs> last two bit of news here. Javante Williams is actually going to be starting in the second preseason game for the Broncos, which means sure feels like he's going to be ready for week one and barring another injury is going to play the entire season. What a remarkable turnaround. And also for those that are believing in the Sean Payton offense, all the starters are going to be in the first series or two for this upcoming Friday preseason game against the Cardinals. And <laughs> the quarterback battle in Tampa Bay is actually still going on. They do not know whether they're going to start Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. But right now the plan is week one, this Friday, Kyle Trask will – I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield will start this week against the Steelers on Friday. And then week two, Kyle Trask will start against the Jets. And then they may decide week three who they're going to choose. But that's what we got for the news this week now. Let's go through the toitest, toitest tight ends of the season. Let's do it here. Like I said already, last week we hit some wide receivers. Go back and check that out if you guys missed that. Two weeks ago, running backs – you missed that. Go back even further. We got some good information there for you. But we're going over the toitest tight ends in fantasy football this year. The top 10 tight ends. It's a tough position to figure out because outside of the top few guys, it feels oh. like it's a little bit of a graveyard. But without further ado, let's, let, me, let me kick us off here because we did the work so you guys don't have to. So let me kick um. us off here with my number 10 tight end in fantasy this year. And I'm excited to talk about him. Because it is Hayden Hurst from the Carolina Panthers is my <laughs> number 10 tight end in fantasy this year. Listen, the tight end is a rookie quarterback's best friend. 
And I believe in Bryce Young, and I think he's very good. But with the target competition for Hayden Hurst being Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo, I like Hurst a lot to have a solid line of targets this season. Frank Reich spoke this week about the mismatches that tight ends can create and how they create, quote, a winning matchup even with a half-decent tight end. Now, I don't know if that's a vote of confidence that Hayden Hurst wants to get from his head coach, but I think Hayden Hurst is at least a half-decent tight end, so it sounds like Frank Reich has some plans for him. Add on to that, the last season, Hayden Hurst had eight games with double-digit fantasy points, which may not sound exciting, but at the tight end spot, if you can get 10 points, you're like... <laughs> That's enormous. You're, yeah, you're in business <laughs> because you're like, wow, I didn't get three points from my tight end this week. That's awesome. Wow. And I didn't have to spend a first round pick on him in getting Travis Kelsey. So, and and let me, and, and just to add to that. So eight games last season with those fantasy points. And that was behind T Higgins and Jamar Chase. So he's got nowhere near as talented receivers ahead of him here on the Panthers. He doesn't have Joe Burrow as well, but I do think Bryce Young can get him the football still. I really like the opportunity that Hayden Hurst has this year. Listen, at your tight end 10 spot, it might be some dart throws, guys, but I like Hayden Hurst, and he's going so late <laughs> in drafts, and he's nearly undrafted. So I like taking him. In my mock drafts I've done, I have actually taken Hayden Hurst in, with the final pick of the draft in every single league, I've in every single mock draft I've done this season. So I like Hayden Hurst a lot. He's my tight end 10. Who would have thought that you would have had two Carolina Panthers in two of your top 10 rankings already? Um, I'm ready for Bryce Young to be number seven in quarterbacks in their next episode. Get ready for it, I'm dude. pumped. Oh, seven. Got too low, dude. Too low. Top oh, my five, God. My, top whoa. Five. The disrespect. Whoa. Yeah. I, you could honestly do a lot worse than picking Hayden Hurst in the tight end because, as you said, rookies want to find security blankets. Maybe it's a receiver. Maybe it's a tight end. But specifically with this, as we'll mention many times, the graveyard of, of a position, Hayden Hurst is a fine pick. I personally don't have him in my top ten, but it, it's a dart throw. I like that verbiage because – who knows where it's going to end up. And you can do a lot worse than having a tight end for a rookie quarterback. Nice way to kick yeah. off the list. Thanks Wes. Take it. Us, uh, I was going to say, take, take us off. Take, take us, us off forward uh, or take it off. <laughs> whatever. Who's trying to attend dude. Let me know. Go ahead now, Wesley. Thank you. <laughs> um, number 10 on my list. I'm going to kick it off with Austin Hooper, who now plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to carry a little bit of his tight end connection with George Kittle. I think George Kittle is a better tight end and has always been a better tight end than Austin Hooper. But Hooper has had some good success over the years. He had a pretty good season with Tennessee and not too bad with the Browns. Um, Hooper's fine. He's a good tight end. I think there's going to be an opportunity. And honestly... I don't think I can legitimately, with complete confidence, tell you that Hunter Henry is going to be a more favorite target to Jimmy Garoppolo than Austin Hooper. I think it's going to be Devontae Adams, and then anybody else is going to get the ball. Now, I will also share, I do have a bit of concern with them drafting Michael Mayer, and I think as the season goes on, Hooper may start to see less volume, less opportunities, less targets, because Michael Mayer is, if not, one of the best 
uh, tight end prospects of this rookie class. So for me, I still like what's going to happen with Hooper for a lot of the regular season. I'm just going to keep that in the back of my mind of what Michael Mayer may do. But Austin Hooper's going to be my number 10 tight end for the season. I can't wait for us to just get flamed for our number 10 tight ends in the comments here. Just this, yeah. You know, oh, you're cool. outrageous. You're old. It's just having all these old guys over here on your top 10 list. Like, you know, whatever. But listen, guys, it's you tell me who's going to be the number 10 tight end, okay? And let's see if you're right, too. <laughs> listen, at Fourth and Troll Fantasy, we make bold picks and bold claims. Hayden Hurst and also right. top 10 tight ends this season. Book it. Let's go. Book dude. It. I, love, I like Book it a lot. It. I mean, it's something we talked about previously. Jimmy Garoppolo had the connection with George Kittle, you know, really likes throwing to the tight end spot. I can see Austin Hooper having like five or six touchdowns this year. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if he'll get up there in the yardage or target mark, but with five or six tight ends in the tight end spot, you could end up as the tight end four. Okay. So there you go. That's how this goes. <laughs> That's the tight yeah, end spot. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. Red, red zone opportunity at the very least. Who's your number yeah. nine on tight ends for you, Noah? You know, I had to keep him in my top 10, guys. It's Chigo Conquo. From the Tennessee Titans. It was, listen, my heart sank when DeAndre Hopkins signed to the Titans. I was so ready for Chigo Conquo to have the breakout year to just blow people's expectations away. To be legitimately, I had him as, as a top five tight end before this signing oh. happened. I was so sure that this guy was going to absolutely explode. And for that reason, I'm not fully out on Chig as, as a top 10 receiver. He has too much talent in the run-after-catch game to not be here inside my top 10. And it won't surprise me if he ends up with six or seven touchdowns this year. The factor that I hold on to, even with the DeAndre Hopkins signing, was that even as not a featured player last year, playing over 50% of snaps in a game just twice, he still had four weeks as a top nine tight end this year, he should be on the field a lot more, almost for every snap. If I was being, if I'm being honest with my predictions here, and I expect Tannehill to look his way, even just as a safety net or something like that. But I think he can be a red zone target as well. And so I, I've got Chico Conquo still inside my top ten as my tight end nine. I love that you're following your heart on this because you have been so high on this sleeper pick of the year, and I hope for your sake just just for boasting rights that Chig ends up in top 10. I think we had an equal decrease in his overall rankings because I had him in my top 10 because you convinced me. But as a byproduct, he dropped down to tight end 13, which what does that mean in, in all these rankings? Yeah. But obviously four less points than tight end 10. <laughs> The tight end 13. Then tight end four. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But Chico obviously getting hit with the DeAndre Hopkins signing is going to be huge. But kind of what I was saying, but even more of a point, is Traylon Burks actually this good? Is he ready right. for a year or two? Who knows? Does it even matter when you have Will Levis and Malik Willis as the backup quarterbacks that may end up seeing time this season just to try to find some future in Tennessee. You could do worse, and I don't think anybody is drafting Chigaconquo outside of you, Noah. So hopefully trollers just take the shot and they have someone for bye weeks, injuries, whatever it is. Yeah. Good job. Thanks, stick dude. to your guns. I love it. Yeah, I always stick to them. Let me know who your tight end nine is. 
And is it as wild as Chigokonkwo? No, it's not wild. Uh, it's not an unknown name, but I've actually got Kyle Pitts as number nine mm. because I need to still be convinced that he is the unicorn out of Florida that we saw get drafted fourth overall. I know the potential is there, but unless something really drastically happens this season, I, basically I need to get proven wrong. I need to have him eat my words on this podcast, stand up before me, Kyle Pitts, and have the monster season we've all been waiting, especially with B. John Robinson there, and you're playing on the team that rushes more than any other team. But he still ends up number nine because he is the best pass catcher on that team, without a doubt. And that's also part of my concern. Until they get an actual good wide receiver on that team, because Drake London isn't, until they get a good wide receiver, Kyle Pitts is going to keep getting double teamed, and that's why he can't get this good production. But he's still their best wide receiver option. So for me, I don't have a problem still putting him in my top 10, even though I have a Kyle Pitts size scar, as I once said in a previous episode. So he's my number nine on the list. I've got the same scar as you, and I'll reference back to last season. Uh, we talked about it after. I had a bit of a heated rant at Arthur Smith and um, pretty much I, I, you had said, and I echoed and agreed with you. Kyle Pitts will have his first good week on my bench. And this year Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts will have his first good season. Not on, not his first good season. His rookie year was fine, but his, his, his yeah. breakout season, not on my team because I, I I've got him outside my top 10 by a couple ranks here. I just worry about the quarterback play. I worry a little bit about just how much this team is going to run the football. And so that is why I've got him outside that top 10 spot. I'm worried. I'm concerned. And uh, I want him to be good, but I'm worried that he won't be. So we'll have to wait and see. And And I hope for the sake of just watching good players play football that he has the breakout this year. That That is my biggest yes. hope for Kyle Pitts. Not that he – I hope more that he – has the good season, then I am right about Kyle Pitts. Like, I hope he proves me wrong. Boom. Yeah. Absolutely. Just for the sake of the NFL and his potential, I want him to absolutely prove us wrong because he has the ability to be amazing. So that's my number nine. Let's go to number eight. Who's on your top ten list for number eight? At number eight, and this is this is a lot lower than a lot of people have him, I've got TJ Hawkinson at number eight. He does not even crack my top five. I really like mm. TJ Hawkinson. I've always really liked TJ Hawkinson. I think he is a great player. I just don't like the price. I think he'll be a solid fantasy tight end this year, as I think all of these guys I'm about to list. I got two dart throws here with my 10 and 9 spot, and I think these top eight – I've got a pretty good idea that these guys are going to be solid tight ends this year in fantasy, some being elite and obviously our number one guy being the best of the best. But TJ Hawkinson, I still think he is going to be solid, but his finishes tight end two last year should not reflect in his ADP this year, I don't think. While he was tight end two, he finished the season with just three weekly finishes inside the top five. And he finishes the tight end too. To me, that doesn't warrant being taken as the third tight end off the board. And then if you want to add to that, that Jordan Addison is now on the field and stepping into a role that ran 600-plus routes last year, I just don't think Hawkinson is going to be a top three guy 
but definitely a solid top 10, top 8 as to where I have him right now. I like TJ Hawkinson. I just think he's too expensive, especially for the guys that are going around him in the drafts right now. So I got TJ Hawkinson as tight end 8. I also agree that the price is a little expensive, but I actually do think that he is he is a top five. And I'll, I'll get to him when I, you know, spoiler, he's in my top five. But I, I do <laughs> believe in TJ Hawkinson. <gasps> Stick around if you want to see where in the top five. I'm sure no, but I, I think he's... a lot of people. A lot of people do. I just, I'm more, I'm more bullish because I look at it, or less bullish because I look at it and I go, I just, I, I, it may be my, it may be my Jordan Addison bias coming through here with how well I think this guy is going to play, but I'll say that no, yeah. no regrets right here for him. as my tight end eight spot. I'm, I'm calling <laughs> my shot here. I will say that I probably used to Jordan Addison bias. And I don't think there's any reason to say that all three can't have a pretty solid season. Um, that is but, true. They throw the football. A but lot I think in Minnesota. they do throw the football, the most, the highest passing percentage of any offense in the yeah. NFL. So, but, but either way, he's still top 10 on your list. And, but I absolutely agree with the price. I think it is it is a bit expensive to get TJ Hawkins, and we already know he's going to line up with two really good receivers. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to stick with the old reliable in Pittsburgh. My tight end eight is going to be Pat Fryermuth. I would move. I would like to put him higher, but I actually have a – I think the rest of my tight ends have a much higher upside, but I think – Pat Frymuth has one of the safest, most reliable floors of all tight ends. I think he's going to cross around that 10, 11, 12 point range on a weekly basis. And with a second year Kenny Pickett, a better offense, a much stronger offensive line, I think that Pat Frymuth is well worth a pick. I think he could legitimately be your tight end one if you want to invest in a depth in wide receivers or try to get running backs later in the draft in rounds five, six, seven, eight. I think Frymuth is a fantastic pitch uh, pick. And I think what he did last year shows that he has the potential to be a red zone target, to be a first down maker. I think Frymuth is still underrated and he's going to be my tight end eight on the season. I like him a lot. He's a solid player for this season. I like Pat Frymuth a lot as well, and I, I I will touch on him here in a little bit, but he is a Sweet. very enticing player for me in drafts this year, a guy I'm really excited about, and I I think well worth a top eight spot in your uh, in your list here. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pat Frymuth, and, and I think, as some people have said, I think this season the Muth will get Luth. We're going to see the Muth oh, get Luth, Garth. baby. The Muth is Luth. <laughs> I like it a lot. Let's, Who let's, came up with that? I have no idea, but I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. And as, hey, uh, a serious moment here with the trollers. As someone who had a speech impediment in second grade, I take no offense whatsoever. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic thing to say. Oh. The Muth is Luth. I used to say, sure. I used to say. The Muth getting Luth. That was my, I don't know if you remember that, Wes. My S's were f And I would just, hey, guys. And that was me in like second grade. I and, I was uh, also really young when you were young, so I don't. Oh, that's have true, that dude. Same memories. Memories are weird. Yeah, yeah. Memories are bizarre. weird. Times okay, tight end seven on the season. Tight end seven. <laughs> I have perhaps the most athletic of these next of you know, this top ten list here in my eyes is David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns. Listen. Deshaun Watson loves to throw the football to the tight end spot. From 2018 to 2020 in Houston, 
Deshaun Watson averaged 90 targets per year to the tight end position. To put that into perspective, only six tight ends were above that mark last season in receiving that many targets. Add on to that, the David Njoku was second in targets once Deshaun Watson returned last season, just two targets behind Amari Cooper in that time. I think David Njoku is going to be one of the best tight end options outside of the single-digit rounds where you are drafting. I'm all about value, and he's being drafted as the tight end 10. He's my tight end 7. I just think the connection and with the history of what Deshaun Watson does when he throws the football and who he chooses to throw the football to, I think David Njoku is going to have a really good season. And that dude is freaking fast. And I don't know if you all remember in that very cold game in Cleveland last year, when they were like warming up and like it was like in the single digit degrees, but he went out all manly and burly and with his shirt off. And I was like, dude, how are there like 12 abs on your abdomen right now? What's going on? Dude's a freak of nature. <laughs> David Njoku is my tight end seven. I like, I like the opportunity he has a lot this season with Sean Watson. What an interesting pick for the top 10 because I do, I had no expectations for David Njoku. I also, as much as I don't really believe too much in the Cleveland offense, I think that Amari Cooper is building great chemistry. I think that even Elijah Moore is having some standout times here in the training camp. Keep an eye on him. So for me, I just got maybe I was distracted by the wide receivers. But the great thing is, as you said, he's outside the single digit rounds. No risk. Great reward at the upside. No risk, no reward. Doesn't really matter. You can get him as a tight end, too, if you aren't so certain. Yeah. Something to keep in mind for myself. But at least knowing that Deshaun Watson prior to Cleveland had great success with the tight ends in Houston is enough for me to to pause and, and give David Njoku another shot. But tight end seven, that's that's up there, dude. It is. That's pretty up there. He was there. tight end 10 last year with Jacoby Brissett for most of the season. So... I th- I think if I'm I, I'm a bit I'm leaning back in on the narrative that Deshaun Watson will be better this year than what we saw him play last year, having more time in the offseason. Uh, it's an unpopular opinion, and believe me, I love being able to hate on Deshaun Watson. If I'm being completely honest, but I do <laughs> think this offense, from a just a football standpoint, gets a little better, and with the history of what Deshaun will do or what he's done previously, I think Njoku has a good opportunity this year. But I will agree with you, actually, and say Elijah Moore has climbed up my board a lot, and I think Amari Cooper is going to be pretty good as well. So we'll have to see. It depends on maybe how much they're throwing the football in Cleveland this year, which I've heard is going to be a bit more than they have in the past. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Tight end seven, Wes, who is it for you? Hit us with some cold hard facts. I'm going to put Darren Waller as my tight end seven on the season. Now it is entirely possible that Darren Waller ends up in the top five or even top three. He could be just where we last saw him in that 2020, 2021 season. He could end up barely in the top 15. I think both are possible, but what I believe and went into this season expecting and am already seeing out of the Giants training camp is that Daniel Jones is building some good chemistry with Mr. Waller. And I had a feeling. Now, obviously, Jalen Hyatt is there. 
I'm not worried too much about Sterling Shepard, but he's still just an existing veteran, if you want to throw that in. Saquon is there, and Saquon is either going to have a remarkable season or just a complete bust. I think it's one of the two. But I think Darren Waller, if he's healthy, is going to be a really great player for the Giants. And I think that he has an opportunity to be very good. Now, he's still somewhat pricey. He's around that sixth, seventh round pick, which it depends on your draft position. If that's too expensive for a tight end for you, I wouldn't take him if I already had a tight end before that. But I think that Darren Waller is in a position to set himself up for success and be a monster red zone target for Daniel Jones. So he's my wide, or wide receiver. He's my tight end seven on the season. Yeah. You probably, you probably almost said wide receiver there because he's going to be the Giants' top receiver probably uh, this season. Is what we're no doubt. Here. Yeah. I think it's, I, I love it. And I'll talk about, again, you know, these guys are probably going to come up here and there. I'll, we could say every time on probably these next six guys. I'll talk about yeah. him in just a little bit. But, um, you know, I think it's something to really think on and look at when you're talking about his target for competitions being a third round rookie wide receiver and a wide receiver in Sterling Shepard who has been injured three years in a row now. There's something to look at there with the opportunity that Darren Waller is going to have. And I'll talk about it in just a little bit, but I really like Darren Waller this year. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, I I think that if he's anything like he was in that monster year with the Raiders, that he could be, he could, mm, yep, that's the tweet. Mm -hmm. That's the tweet. Anyway, number six. Send tweet. Just before before your top five, who's number six? Number six is the Muth. It is Pat Fryermuth for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is my tight end six. Listen, he was a tight end eight last year, and he only scored two touchdowns. After scoring seven in his rookie season, he saw nearly 100 targets last year and was a top 10 tight end eight times, five of those eight games being with Kenny Pickett and not Mitch Trubisky. I project the Steelers offense to be much better this year, to be a better team. I project Kenny Pickett to be better. And I think Pat Firemove is going to score a couple more touchdowns at least than he had last year. Had he scored just two or three more touchdowns last year, he actually would have been a top five tight end. So he had a he had a five touchdown drop off from his rookie season seven to then just two last year, and he's being drafted to the ninth round. You guys, I really really like Pat Fryermuth this year. I think he is an incredible value. I think this team's going to be better all around, and I think he is going to play a big role. Near a hundred, almost nearing a hundred targets as a tight end is not something that happens frequently. And he did that in his second season with a rookie quarterback. So I am really, I'm really excited about Pat Fryermuth this year. He is my tight end six. I think he's going to have a really solid year this year. And honestly, just to add on, because I've already talked about him, it's like half a rookie because it was right. an up and down and then almost exclusively down Mitch Trubisky. And then it was the worst of Penny, Penny, Kenny Pickett will ever see. Penny Probably it was in. Where's the penny, penny kick of the FML season? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great I love the show. Case. Penny kick it. Yeah. He just, he just, Pat Fryermuth, I think, is. He kicks doors Go ahead. and he enters Keep it. it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> kick it. Stick him up. I'm looking. The Muth is on the, the loop. The Muth is on the loop. Where's the Muth? <laughs> penny kick it on the scene. Private eye. Private eye. Uh, yeah, Kenny. <laughs> 
Kenny Pickett is in much, much, much better shape than he will ever be from last season. And Friermuth, yeah, I love that he's right there just before your top five. And yeah. he uses salt. And again, ninth round. What an unbelievable value. Great value there. Ten and six. Who is it for you, Wes? Let's talk about him. <sighs> Tight end six, and he's only at number six, is Evan Ingram of the Jaguars. And man, oh man, I wish he was much higher on my list because he could be. But man, oh man, does Trevor Lawrence have a plethora of weapons to throw to. And even them drafting the tie down at Penn State, Brenton Strange, just keeps chipping away at him from legitimately being top three this season. Evan Ingram is amazing. He signed to this four-year extension. He has returned back to his rookie form when he was one of the best in the league at that point with the Giants. He is a serious part of this offense. I think he's going to be phenomenal. It's just the fact that Trevor Lawrence really spreads the ball around, and he has a lot of talented playmakers. Don't forget the whole running back uh, depth chart there with ETN and the rookie tank Bigsby, and I keep hearing Dearness Johnson's doing really well too. Like Evan Ingram has a lot of competition and he should be top three, but I think because of the competition, he's only going to be number six on my list. Yeah. I've got Evan Ingram outside my top 10 and, and listen, the, the gap from six to 11 is probably 14 points. Like we've talked about, but I just think Evan Ingram falls to probably third on the on the target chart there, whereas he he had weeks where he was leading the team in targets uh, when it was Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I think Calvin Ridley. I think really highly of Calvin Ridley this year, and I don't think Christian Kirk is going to disappear. Uh, and so I like Evan Ingram a lot. I just think um, I just think he's going to be capped a little bit by the weapons there, as you said. So many weapons in Jacksonville. It is crazy how yeah. many players are there to be just – they're like, hey, Trevor, open. Boom, got it, touchdown. Like it's, it's – there are so many guys that could end the week in, in Jacksonville with two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns sometimes just because defenses are not going to know where to look. And so I like Evan Ingram. I do think he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to have a good season. I've got him just outside my top ten. I think he's going to still going to be really good. I still think Trevor Lawrence has a piece of him that is going to have a trust factor in Evan Ingram as well. And and the Jacksonville Jaguars do. They do as well. They just gave him a three-year extension. So he's going to be around there for a little bit. He's part of the game plan. And Doug Peterson is the tight end whisperer. So we'll have to see how it goes. I might be a little too low, if I'm being honest. I, I, I think he might he, he maybe uh, might jump up a little bit here. But I like Evan Ingram this year. Uh, and I think, he's a, I think he's a fine spot here in, in the sixth spot. Yeah, he's he's for me too talented to not be in the top ten, but he is too capped by the surrounding cast to be top five. Right. So with that, let's jump into your top five tightest ends of the twenty twenty three season. Number five, Mr. George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, do I project Brock Purdy to throw eleven touchdowns to George Kittle again this year? Uh no. Do I expect George Kittle to be a safety net for Brock Purdy this year? Absolutely. Will he be a solid tight end in fantasy every single week? I've never been more sure that something will not happen. Uh, no, so that's, that is not the case. Kittle will have five to six absolutely week-winning weeks this season. 
He, he's he's going to have five to six weeks as a top three tight end, top two as a top tight end on the on the season. Outside of that, he will be very eh or freezing cold. And the only reason I have him as my tight end five is because I believe in the relationship that he and Brock Purdy have. And I believe that will get him some more looks and some, some more red zones, more touchdown looks, stuff like that. I don't enjoy drafting George Kittle, even though I see him as a top five guy. <laughs> the odds that he is a consistent contributor worthy of being taken in the fifth round ahead of big playmakers like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert, guys like that who I think are going to be consistently great guys for your fantasy teams this year, odds are pretty low. And uh, and so George Kittle is cracks my top five, but just because I think he will have four, five, or six weeks with multiple touchdowns and and you know eight to nine catches, something like that, because Brock Purdy, when Purdy gets in a groove, he's going to look for George Kittle, and so I think that's why he cracks my top five. I'm not a big fan though. I think it's gonna he'll he'll win you a handful of weeks, and I think he'll lose you even more. So he's he's my tight end five, but. Almost reluctantly. <laughs> I, I'm optimistic. I'm liking Kittle. I like what last year uh, his his relationship with Brock Purdy was like. And I'm and all your reasons of why you think he ends up still in your top five are my reasons why he's going to end up as high as he does for me. I I just have optimism on the way he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be the number one target. I think he's going to be used a lot in the red zone, but yeah, he's still top five. He's got too much potential to not be in the top five. I'm, I think on anybody's list to be truthful. A hundred percent. I agree. And, and he is a fun player to watch play. He's, his energy is unbelievable. He gives me the energy that, um, Oh man, there's some Texans line. Uh, Brian Cushing. He gives me like Brian Cushing energy, but like less angry and more just like fun. Uh, wow. That's the energy that George Kittle gives me. He loves playing football. I think that George name Kittle out of a hat. Yeah, there you go. I, I think George Kittle likes to block more than he likes to catch touchdowns. If I'm being completely honest, he, that dude gets he's so really hyped up just blocking. putting a linebacker on his butt, and uh, he's just he's 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 an exciting guy to watch. Love George Kittle as a person. He's still a top five guy, but I'm a little, I'm just worried about the consistency. So that is why he uh, isn't any higher for me on this list. But Wes, who is your tight end five for the season? This is the only tight end that I don't know if we will both share. I, and I, I've already told you TJ Hawkins is in my top five, but this is the only tight end I'm not sure if we share that's in the top five. And I've got Dallas Goddard. Number five. Okay. So I think he was, I don't think he was phenomenal. He was really great in the regular season, but he is off the radar because he missed a heck of a lot of games with his injury. So we didn't get to experience the fullness of Dallas Goddard, but when he was playing, he was putting up serious points. He was putting up consistent league winning points for the tight end position when he was in. And especially as the season went on and you watch what they did in the postseason, and Jalen hurts relied on him and Devonta Smith a lot. AJ Brown, of course was there. AJ Brown had that incredible touchdown. Just that when they chucked it like first score for the Eagles, it was great. But fourth down 
in the Super Bowl game on the line. He went to Dallas Goddard, and I'm taking what they did in the regular season, that chemistry, and carrying it from the Super Bowl catch and saying Dallas Goddard is going to be amazing. Now, one last little bit of news here. Dallas Goddard is on record saying that he and A.J. Brown and Devonda Smith are all going to have 1,000 yards receiving. I don't know if Dallas Goddard's going to have a thousand <laughs> yards receiving, but I tell you what, I am buying into his confidence enough to make him my fifth best tight end on the season. Wes, your uh, your lack of confidence in us sharing this guy as a top five tight end is so man, it's a little it's a little disheartening because my tight end four is Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Just going to launch right into it, man. I echo everything you've said. I'll put a little bit of numbers on it just for the trollers here. I love Dallas Goddard this year. He finished as the tight end 12 last year, and he missed five games. He missed five games, and he was still the tight end 12. With his average points per game, he was scoring. Had he played those five games, he would have finished as the tight end four. Just 0.3 points shy of the 11 touchdown man himself as tight end three last year, George Kittle. He was 0.3 points shy of being the tight end three in fantasy last year based off of what he was pacing and what he was doing, averaging his points per game in fantasy. Had he played those five games, I think he is going to be absolutely fantastic this year. He plays with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and he still had nearly a 20% target share last year. Even as the third option in this passing game, he still carries elite-level production amongst tight ends in the league. He is my tight end four. I love Dallas Goddard this year. For so many reasons that you said, I said, and more, Dallas wow. Goddard is going to be absolutely fantastic this year. I think he's a fantastic option in fantasy. I think he's going after... I believe he's going as a tight end five or tight end six, and I think it's just that's just a fantastic price on Dallas Goddard. Go ahead and take him. I think he's going to be a really, really good option this year. So what I'm getting is that both you and I are going to have to reach for Dallas Goddard in our drafts. We, 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 we might have to. We're pretty pumped. We might have to. Yeah, yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be – it's going to be like uh, before we did started the podcast, whenever we were both so convinced the Dolphins' defense was going to be incredible. And then like every draft we had that one year – I would always be ready and have right. queued up to take them, and you would get them like right before me, and I was like, "How high do I have to reach to get these guys?" We were in four leagues together, and I took them in all four leagues because I really did not want you to have them. That was yeah. very rude of me, and I don't regret it one bit. Yeah, there you go. That's my tight end four. Yeah. Some good, good clump there on Dallas Goddard. Who's your tight end four, Wes? Now I get to T.J. Hawkinson. Now this is where I think he ends up. I do think he's got this wonderful upside. We've already talked a little bit about him. There's not much more to add on to what you say. Uh, yes, he is in a crowded room between Jordan Addison and arguably the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. And I think that, yeah, it's possible that he's going to end up with some single-digit weeks. But I also think that Kirk Cousins is going to chuck that ball around. And it's going to end up in TJ Hawkinson's hands so many times that he's going to have a couple of weeks where he's going to have multiple scores. I'm also going to throw in the fact that Dalvin Cook was also a PPR magnet, surprisingly, through his season, multiple seasons in in minnesota he's not there alexander madison may or may not have that ppr upside we'll have to see but either way 
I'm going to defer to TJ Hawkinson getting most of those targets and opportunities that Dalvin Cook has vacated, and I believe that he's going to be top four. Yeah, and and I I can absolutely see the path there. I think I think back to the years of, or maybe it was just one year of elite tight end play in fantasy football from Jordan Reed in Washington. Mm-hmm. But he had Kirk Cousins throwing the football, and he was a very, very good tight end in fantasy that year. I could see a similar outcome with TJ Hawkinson. Listen, tight end four to tight end eight. Not, I mean, maybe a bit of a gap there, but not a huge one. I still think TJ Hawkinson is going to be great. I got a little bit of a Jordan Addison bias here, and uh, and just I'm a little worried about where targets are going to be distributed. But with a team that passes so much, I can absolutely see TJ Hawkinson finishing as a top four tight end. I, I, I can absolutely see it, and I don't fault you for having him there. A lot of people do. I think he's going to be very good this year. I'm a little lower, but I still think he's a great option. Wonderful. Top three tight ends of the season. Kick us off with number three, Noah. Darren Waller. Darren Waller oh. is my tight end three in fantasy football this season. Darren Waller was almost my best value pick a couple of months ago. He was a borderline my guy in our My Guys episode. I love Darren Waller this year. The last time we saw him play a full season, which granted was a long time ago, but he finishes the tight end three in 2019 and the tight end two in 2020. He's up there in age and he's had a couple seasons of injuries, but I truly do not see a reality where Darren Waller doesn't set a career mark for targets outside of injuries happening this season. The Giants wide receiver room is so messy, and all reports from camp have Darren Waller being the clear-cut top target for Daniel Jones. I'll finish with a quote from Giants, one of the Giants beat reporters from last week. They said, it appears the Giants have taken Darren Waller out. Some say it's for a breather. I think it's to force Daniel Jones to throw elsewhere. Do not be surprised when Darren Waller has 120-plus targets this season and is a top three tight end in fantasy. I love Darren Waller so much this season in fantasy. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's my tight end three. Yeah, boy! (laughs) That is sweet! I was, oh, man. We're getting the top five, and I was like, uh, I know it's not TJ Hawkinson, but like, who else could it be? Because everyone else I've listed, you're like, not in my top 10, not right. my top 10. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I prefaced it a little by saying like, yeah, he's a top five upside. It's possible. Maybe in top three. Dude, I am absolutely loving what I'm reading out of camp in New York. It's, it, it's, it's unfair. I am. I, I love training camp news. We're going to talk about it in a couple weeks. I Oh, I'm buying into it. I am excited. Yeah. He's right there in that Dallas Goddard range, too, for the, the ADP. So yeah. if Waller is who we believe he's going to be this season, Darren Waller is going to be one of the best values in fantasy, period. Not just tight end. Value in fantasy football. Oh, Yes, I'm choking. <laughs> that was oh, fantastic. My gosh. That was, that was a fantastic <sighs> moment. That's a top five 
for the troll moment for me right there. It was just oh my gosh, a, yeah, baby, it just it was, that was <laughs> awesome. It was, like, it was like you just Golly. that was fantastic. Yeah, I I love Jared Waller. What can I say? I what need a lozenge. Holy crap! <laughs> oh if my you, gosh! If you can, right, let me get my... through it. Let me get to your tight end three here. Let's see. <laughs> All right, no surprise. I know that you and I have the two of the last three in common. It's going to be Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is going to be back to where we know him to be with Baltimore, specifically with him and Lamar Jackson. That relationship is not going anywhere. And we keep talking about training camp. You take it with a grain of salt. But Zay Flowers seems to be an important part of this offense. We believe that. They drafted him for obvious reasons. But like Odell Beckham Jr., I I don't think he's going to be the name value that people expect him to be. And this is something that we talked about weeks and weeks ago. Actually, when we talked about the training camp battles, what is the Baltimore Ravens receiver room going to look like? I'm trying to pay attention to how OBJ is used. I'm trying to pay, pay attention to how Zay Flowers is used. But ultimately, it's still Mark Andrews as the top receiving option for Lamar Jackson. That is not changing, and he's still going to be top three. And I honestly think... He, oh, I wish he was a little more affordable because I think he would be such an easy pick, such an easy pick. But you got to get him at like the three, four turn in fantasy. But either way, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be right back to where we have seen him in all the years with Lamar Jackson prior to last year with the injury. Mark Andrews, number three, toitest tight end of the season. Yeah, he is expensive. He's expensive. I do believe he is worth it. If you de- depending on it really depends on team build i think like i i believe there are guys that go later that will finish very close to where he'll finish at and so i i don't think i'll be drafting him this year i just think there are guys in the third fourth round that i would rather have um but mark andrews i mean uh, we'll segue it right here because he's my tight end too like i really believe mark andrews is going to be a fantastic player in fantasy football this year Got him as a number two tight end. Through week six, he was averaging 15.9 points per game and was the tight end two. And they actually had those numbers. Those numbers would have even made him a top 12 wide receiver in that time frame. Uh, He got hurt, came back in week 11, was the tight end seven, and then his quarterback got hurt and was out for the rest of the season. The Ravens bring in offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, baby. Todd Munkin. Top top three name of all time, just so you guys know, Todd Munkin. Um, they bring in Todd Munkin, and they're going to be throwing the football a ton more now. I do think rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers has a chance to get a solid target share, but OBJ and Rashad Bateman don't worry me. I think Mark Andrews is just gonna he's gonna continue to be Lamar's top target again this season, and I expect really big things. He's my tight end too. You know, just for fun, it's it's. It's funny to think that, like, Mark Andrews feels, like, so safe. Such a great pick. Obviously, top three tight end. I think it's a consensus. And yet, I see him on the draft board, and I'm like, mm, do, I, do I really want him? Yeah. Like, am I going to take a tight end right now? And I think yeah. that's actually the whole point of this episode. Thank you for getting to this point and watching with us, because three he's my three and you're a second but like four through ten this is where you get into the value if i'm going to take this great wide receiver great running back instead of mark andrews or instead of george kittle who were both there in that time who else is worth drafting this is where it's important to have the rest of these tight ends but mark andrews is going to be great regardless and i hope he falls to me 
That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Guys, be if you're in leagues with ever. Wes and I, let up, just don't draft him till like round eight. If that's cool with you guys. And then we'll scoop up off the board. There you go. Wes, I don't know if you saw me when you were talking about Mark Andrews as your tight end three, because I know who your tight end one is. I was doing a real life, like a live moment of, I was going, who, who's it to? Yeah. Wait, he, he's gone through so many people. Who's it to? And then I realized who is going to be at number two. Who is your tight end two, Wes? Let us know who it is. Taking the absolute max ceiling potential of George Kittle as yeah. number two. I think that if we get any, if we get exactly what we got with Brock Purdy with George Kittle, exactly the same, then yeah, we are looking at someone who is going to have nine touchdowns, ten touchdowns. It's to- I think it is possible, and I think that offense is good enough to do that. But I, I can confess that this is the ceiling. The ceiling is that he is going to have over 230 points, which is insane compared to all of the other tight ends. Nobody's doing that except Travis Kelsey. George Kittle is potentially, if all goes his way, the tight end two on the season. That's that. That's all I got to say. You already talked about him. He's yeah. in top five reluctantly, but... I- if he if he I love it. If he does what he does did with Brock Purdy last year, absolutely could be a top two guy. Could absolutely be a top two guy. When the season ended last year, Wes and I, you, you and I had a conversation there. I went, Do we is is Kittle now just the tight end one? Because he caught seven touchdowns in the last month of the season? Like what like what are we like what are we doing here with Brock yeah. Purdy? Like what do we what do we think happens here? So it, if he repeats and the production is the same level absolutely he is a top two guy i can 100 percent see it we're gonna have to wait and see we don't know what's gonna happen here we don't know if we'll get a few games with sam darnold we know he won't get a few games with trey lance because apparently he is just <laughs> hot garbage spdb <laughs> uh but yeah no it is it is definitely going to be a fun season to watch and see it's a it, that's one of the key connections that i'm watching this year and I'm going to go, what, what's going to happen here with these two guys? Something to keep an eye on, even if they're not going to be, end up being on my fantasy team. Someone I'm going to be monitoring for sure. And that I'm sure we'll be talking about down the season as it comes. And we've arrived at tight end We've arrived. One. My tight end one. Just take it away. Have the floor, my friend. Yeah, my tight end one. Yours. My tight end one for the fantasy football season is Cole Komet, Chicago Bears. <laughs> Four-year, $50 million contract he is in. Now, cue the, uh, cue the record scratch. One of those, yeah. No, it, listen, tight end one is Travis Kelsey. He has been the tight end one or tight end two for the last seven years of fantasy football. He's Patrick Mahomes' top target. It's a no-brainer. He's probably the best. I, I'll say this. He's probably the best tight end to ever play the game. Uh, and he's well worthy of an early first-round pick. That's it. That's what I got. Like, I, I, I could give you stats. I could give you more numbers. We don't need to. We know Travis Kelsey is the tight end one of the fantasy season. The only thing that I will add, and then we'll close out the show, is take Travis Kelsey one-on-one. I dare you. I dare you. We did a, in our first mock draft, Wes, you had the one oh. What did you have? The 103? Two. 102. 102. And you took Kelsey, and your team, like, didn't end. It wasn't like... Oh man, that was a really big mistake. I don't know. I don't know if we should have done that. No, it was nope. like, oh yeah, okay, that's yeah. And so you've got the biggest difference maker out of position, and now you've got a solid team behind it. You know, 
it's hard to put words to what Travis Kelsey can do on a football field, especially with Patrick Mahomes. These two guys are electric, and he's well worthy of being. Listen, send it. Ted, 101, Travis Kelsey. That's all I got. That's all. There's there's so few things to say on Travis Kelsey. He's the greatest tight end ever play. That is going to do it for the toitest tight ends of 2022. What do you think of our list? Is it insane to take Kelsey at 101? Who's your sleeper tight end of the season that we missed? It wasn't Austin Hooper or Aiden Hurst. I'll tell you that. Let us know in the comments below. And remember (laughs) to follow us on our socials. You can see those on the screen here. You can see our full rankings list of our top tens. Make Tidy the Troll smile by hitting that subscribe button, ringing that bell. And, uh, yeah, join us next time. Let us know. DM us on Instagram if you want to join our fan league, our trollers league. Send us a DM. We'll make sure to make it happen. Spots are filling up here. Join us next Tuesday for our quarterback rankings, baby. It's going to be a fun episode. I am Noah Selby. I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. 4th and Troll Fantasy is a production of Selby Artistic Workshop. Ah!